Absolutely. So what I would say is that failure is not final, right? And the only way to really fail is to actually just quit. So failure to me, the way that I look at it and the way that it will help you if you look at it this way is that it's really actually just a necessary stepping stone towards your success. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, it's that time again. It's time for us to get fired up, motivated, inspired. Let's encourage one another so each and every one of us to get better throughout our life. Yes, we're going to get hit with those days that are struggling, those days that we just don't want to do anything. But that's what this podcast is for. Grab a little nugget here that will get you through today and move forward in life. Hey, today our guest, he said he went from broke, working 12-hour shifts, living on his aunt's couch to become an award-winning entrepreneur, peak performance coach. So here we go. Let's go get started. Welcome to the show here, Ryan Horn. Hey, James. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to share. Hey, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming here because we know that people's times are valuable and uh, I've wasted other people's time before and not that we necessarily meant to, but it happens like it sometimes. We know your time's valuable. We know you got uh, some things you're excited to share and we know that uh, we can all grab a little bit of something and, and move forward. So, and again, thank you for being here. All right, Ryan, I'm just going to uh, sit back, provide you the platform, and I'll ask a question or two as we go along, and let's uh, let's do it. Let's give somebody, get them fired up today. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I'm going to share my entrepreneurial journey because there were definitely lots of times where I, I need, needed perseverance uh, to get through it. So, I, um, and it doesn't matter if you own a business or not. Uh, the things that I'm going to share, I think, and some of the lessons and principles you can use in really any area of your life, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you do. So I'm going to start way back. So for me, I grew up in a really small town in northern Minnesota. Uh, and when I say small town, sometimes people think like 20,000 or something. So for me, it was 300 people. So very oh, wow. small town, very small town. Um, and nobody else in my family or really nobody else that I knew was a business owner or entrepreneur, but I always just kind of thought that way. And uh, a funny story I like to tell my kind of my first um, go into entrepreneurship was when I was about 11 or 12 years old. My mom had this fundraising catalog that I was looking through and it was like, sell like 30 calendars, make like $200 profit. And our Sunday school had actually done this the previous year to raise money for the Sunday school. So I convinced my mom to order these calendars. And I went around in our small little town door to door selling them for myself. And it was really funny because everybody was literally like, are you doing this for your Sunday school again? And I was like, no, I'm doing this for me. And it was just, they were just kind of shocked. They're like, oh, Um, but that's just kind of always the way that I thought, the way that I thought entrepreneurial and ended up going to college because I just thought that was quote unquote what I was supposed to do. That's what everybody else was doing. I didn't have a different plan. So that's what I did and wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach at a college was on that course, ended up getting a degree in exercise science. But basically towards the end of my time in college, I realized that 
I actually didn't really want to work for someone else. I didn't want to go to just any college in any state um, and not be able, be in control of that. My schedule would not be my own. It would be early mornings, late nights, weekends, and all that. So I was like, why don't I just start my own business? I've always been entrepreneurial. And so that was the plan. I uh, graduated from college, moved down to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and started my personal training business and it didn't go the way I planned. So three months in, I had made probably about $200 total. And I oh, realized- so you uh, sell more calendars for $200 again, <laughs> huh? Yes, you're, you're probably right on that. So yeah, I mean, it didn't go the way I planned. And I knew that I was really skilled. I knew that I could help people, which was the frustrating part. But I realized really quickly that if you don't know how to market and you don't know how to sell, you're not going to make money in a business. And so that's where I was at. I was broke. I was uh, staying with my aunt, like you mentioned. I was sleeping on her couch. The funny part of that is that she lived in a 60-plus condo community at the time, and so I was not actually allowed to live there. So I literally was like sneaking in and out every evening and morning trying not to get caught because I, I didn't blend in very well with you know, 60, 70, 80-year-olds when I was a 22-year-old right That's out right. of college. <laughs> so, so that was my life, and I had these student loans that were about to come due from college. And I knew I needed to make money. I needed to to do something. So I ended up going to an employment agency. They placed me at this metal factory that you mentioned in the the intro there. And yeah, I was working 12 hour night shift from 9 PM to 9 AM for $9 an hour. And I was a very humbling experience coming straight out of college. I was like, man, I'm just going to start this business. It's going to be great. I'll have time freedom, financial freedom. And that's not the way it worked out. Right. And The thing is, a lot of times our plans don't work out the way we want the first time we try it, right? But going back to- It may not work out the hundredth time we try it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Which is why I love love your podcast, Professor of Perseverance, because if you want to be successful, you really do need to persevere. And I don't care what area it is or whatever, there's going to be challenges that come up. And so they certainly did for me. So I was sitting there in the metal factory one night. I was in the break room. I looked up at the clock- and it was like two o'clock in the morning or something. And I had this epiphany. And the reason I had the epiphany was because I realized that it was my 23rd birthday. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, man, how the heck did I get here? Right. This was not the plan. Right. I thought I did everything right. Got good grades in school and this and that. But it wasn't working out the way I wanted. Right. So I was just kind of sitting there feeling sorry for myself and, you know, ask myself bad questions. Right. Like, how did I get here? How'd this happen? But I don't know if you or your listeners have ever felt this way before, but in that moment, I just felt like I was living so far below my potential. Felt like I was letting everybody around me down and it didn't feel very good. Right. I would say that, uh, go back just here for a second. When you said asking bad questions, I don't know if you're asking bad or, uh, reality questions, you know, (laughs) and where you're at, you know, and, and and of course, asking those type of questions, you know, in, deep in yourself, you're better than what's coming at, uh, it's going on right now. Yeah, that's a good point. So some of those questions can be valuable. So what I would clarify as a bad question would be more along the lines of what's wrong with me or something like that, right? Because that's a lot of times what we do if we're like, oh, this person tried this, it worked for them. I tried it, it didn't work for me. So what's wrong with me? That's a bad question, right? Mm-hmm. Ask a bad mm-hmm. question, you're going to get a bad answer. So, but that's, that's where I was at. I, I was, feeling that way. And it didn't feel very good. And after about 10, 15 minutes sitting there feeling sorry for myself, I actually made a really powerful decision that changed my life. So the decision that I made was that I was going to quit the metal factory. 
I was going to finish out the shift, quit the metal factory, go learn the skills that I knew were missing, which selling, marketing, change my habits, change my mindset and go make my business successful or basically die trying. So that's where I was at. And that's what I did. So I finished out the the shift and I went, I knew there were a lot of things I needed to change, a lot of new skills I needed to get. And so one of the first things I did was I got this Tony Robbins audio program. It was 30 hours long. I started listening to that on repeat and really just started changing my mindset, what I believed was possible. I started to uncover all these limiting beliefs I had that I didn't even realize that I had. And so that was really powerful, but I also changed a lot of my habits. I started getting up earlier in the morning. I found an accountability partner. And then I also found some mentors that helped me learn how to actually market and how to sell. So slowly, I started making a little bit of progress in my business and a little bit more money. And I think within about four or five months, I was actually able to move out of my aunt's place, which was a great blessing. But um, so I was in that place where things were okay, but I knew I was still living way below my potential. And that can be a dangerous place, I think, because we get to a place where things are kind of comfortable. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling the pain of having to go to the metal factory anymore. But I also know that there's so much more for me available. And so I was kind of stayed stuck in that spot for probably another year, year and a half. And it was frustrating because I knew that I had more in me and basically made a couple more really powerful decisions that that helped me go to the next level again. So about a year and a half later, so this was around the end of 2014 by this point, and I hired my first coach and I also uh, bought a ticket for a one-day mastermind in Miami with a couple of my mentors that had taught me how to market and how to sell. And they were both incredibly successful making multiple seven figures. And so those two things changed everything for me because getting a coach, I realized, man, I was trying to do everything on my own before. And it was a struggle. Everything was a struggle. It was really hard. And I had only got to this level of success that it was like, things are okay. You know, I'm scraping by, I'm paying my bills. Right. And that was me trying to do it on my own. And when I got the coach, I realized that, wow, having a coach is really powerful because he has no emotional connection that I have to all of these things. And he can call me out on the things that he sees. And it's like, we all have these blind spots and a coach. It's almost like if you're driving in a car, you have blind spots in a car, right? And your coach is up in a helicopter. He can see everything. He can say, Hey, this is in your blind spot right here. You probably don't notice this. I want to make you aware of this. So that was really powerful. But then again, actually going and meeting really successful people in person also changed what I thought was possible because I realized they're really no different than me and their stories are similar to mine. They didn't start out and just you know, crush it in their business right away. They had struggles. They had to persevere through and they had challenges. And really, even once you hit a certain level of success, I think people think in their mind that, oh, once I get here, everything's going to be great. You know, no more challenges, right? But that's not true. There's always going to be challenges. And so I think building perseverance is incredibly important. But yeah, that basically, uh, I doubled my business that year um, and the year after that and really just set me on this course of massive growth. I think I went to like 10 or 11 conferences in 2015. So the year after I got a coach um, and got other coaches, joined masterminds and really just got involved in that and, and realized that the training never stops. If you want to be great, if you want to be extraordinary in any area of your life, you can't just 
You know, it's like working out. You could be in the best shape of your life, but if you just go sit on the couch for six months, it's all going to go away, right? And it's the same thing here. I think it, you have to change your habits and what you do on a consistent basis if you really want to change your life for the long term, not just for a short term. And so, yeah, so that led me into coaching myself. I currently have a business called Extraordinary Man where I coach men, help them grow their business and become the man they were created to be in every area of their life. And uh, I love it. feel very privileged that I get to do that. And I also host the podcast um, and, and love doing that as well, being able to bring other men on that are successful and have them share their story as well so people can realize that, wow, okay, he went through a lot of stuff too. He had to persevere as well. So that's a little bit of my backstory. And that's a, a lot of a backstory too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, 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 like you said, uh, uh, all of us, most of us, we have basically the same story. It's right. just, can you put the other pieces together to fill the puzzle in as best as you can? And I, I agree with you, finding a mentor or a coach that's already been through what you've been through and how they've got to the other side can give you that advantage of not having to reinvent the tire, the wheel. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that as well. So, yeah, to make it a little simpler uh, for you. So, yeah, absolutely. And so what I'd love to share next, uh, because I think your listeners are really going to get a lot of value out of this. So I didn't realize it at the time. But, but let me let me hold you there. Let me yeah. go back uh, as, we, as we, I was thinking too, that mm -hmm. um, uh, like you said, uh, you can be the best physical shape possible, but go sit on the couch and then see what happens, you know, later on. Same thing here. Once you become successful to maintain the success and even go higher than you ever thought you could. You got to be a lifelong learner. Okay. Open yep. to, to do this. You know, like I said, if you go to school and uh, graduate, but then you never open up a book the rest of your life, you know, how far is this uh, going to take you? And so, yeah, you got to be a lifelong learner to continue on being successful. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. So basically, the past couple of years, about two or three years ago, I put together a framework. I call it my five-step business breakthrough framework, but it really doesn't matter. It will work for any area of your life, whether it's your health, relationships, whatever. Uh, but if you want to break through in any area of your life, if you follow these five steps, I believe it will lead to that. And I can look back in you know, the story I just told you, my entrepreneurial journey, or really any other area where I've persevered and then had success in it. And I can pick out these five different points in all of those. And I could probably do it with your story and you know all of your listeners as well. Anything where you've achieved something great, you've followed these five steps, whether you knew it or not, and probably different ways of doing it, et cetera. But so I think this is really going to be valuable for the listeners. So mm -hmm. if you're listening, yeah, if you're not driving or something, I would recommend you actually take notes on this because I really think it can be helpful for you. So the five-step framework, I'll just go through the five steps and then I'll, I'll explain them a little bit. So the five steps are number one is, <clears throat> excuse me, number one is clarity. Number two is commitment. Number three is coaching. Number four is courageous action. And number five is course correction. Oh, so you're using the letter C. I use the letter C, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I, yes. So I've I, had other programs that had the, yeah, I'll use the letter P or something. Yeah, just to keep it going. But yeah, that, there you go. So C's. So you yep. people know the five C's of the your C's. success. Yes. Yeah, so to keep it simple, easy to remember, it's the five C's. 
took me a little while to, yeah. to make them all seize. So yeah, they, exactly. Um, yes. All right. So number one is clarity. And here's the thing. Most people don't have clarity. They don't have clarity on what they want or even where they're at right now. They kind of have a little bit of clarity, but you really want to get crystal clear in this area. And the reason is one of my favorite quotes is that fuzzy goals don't get hit. So look, I mean, oh, if you, there you go. Yeah. If you imagine you're looking through a rifle scope at a target and it's fuzzy, you can't even make out the target. I mean, what are your chances of hitting the bullseye, right? Slim to none. But if it's crystal clear and it's zoomed right up, it's going to be really easy to hit it, right? So getting really clear is very important. And so the thing is, a lot of people, if you ask them what their goals are, they will be kind of like, oh, I don't know, or maybe they'll tell you something, but it's just whatever's on the top of their mind because they don't even write it down. So first mm-hmm. thing I would say is actually write it down because if it's just in your head, it's going to be a moving target and that's going to be even harder to hit, right? So because you don't want to be changing your goals based on how you feel that day or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So actually yeah. write it down. And then there's an acronym called SMART that I love to use. It stands for specific, measurable, aligned with your values, realistic, and time-based. So if you literally just make all of your goals SMART, you take them through that acronym, you will be honestly ahead of probably 95 plus percent of people out there because they just don't take the time to do that. So you're really going to have way more clarity than most people. And when you have clarity, it gives you certainty. And when people have certainty, they tend to take action. But the opposite is also true. If you don't have that clarity, it tends to give you uncertainty. When we're uncertain, we tend to not take action. So I would really not skip over this because and say, oh yeah, Ryan, I, I know I need to get clear on it, whatever, because it's really, really important. There's a reason it's the number one thing. And also I just want to mention the difference between goals and vision, because having a vision is really important too. So I look at vision as something out in the future, at least three years or more in advance. It should be something big, something exciting that, that gets you up in the morning and you get excited, right? Because you want that vision to pull you forward instead of you constantly feeling like you have to push yourself. Um, but you also may not know exactly how you're going to make that vision happen. It should scare you a little bit. So if you know exactly how you're going to make it happen, it doesn't scare you at all. It's probably not big enough. But that's vision. And then goals is kind of the opposite. I look at it as 12 months or less. It's much more strategic, much more tactical, breaking things down, right? Because it's awesome to have that vision moving you forward. But if you don't have a plan for the day to day, then you're going to get frustrated and be like, I don't know how to make it happen. So that's a little bit of the difference. It's important to have a a vision and also important to have goals and use the acronym SMART to make your goals really clear. So that's step number one is clarity. And Mm -hmm. again, if if you just do that, you're going to be ahead of so many people out there that don't take the time to do that. And again, when you make it going to clarity, clarify uh, a lot of mistakes that I would find people make, their goal is too broad or too vague. When they yep. need, like you said, need to specify, narrow it down to be able to shoot for this uh, bullseye. I mean, that's why the bullseye is so small compared to the whole target. Right. Okay. So shoot for that. Be specific, not narrow and broad. Well, Absolutely. Not, na- not narrow. You want to narrow it down. Not vague and broad. I'm sorry. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Very important. So once you're clear, that's a great first step. But step number two is commitment. Because if you're not 100% committed to it, when the challenges come up, and I said when, not if, because they will come up. And the bigger your goals, the bigger the challenges that are going to be that pop up. Uh, So you need to be committed. So how do you get committed to those goals? I look at three different parts. 
It's leverage, accountability, and focus. So leverage, something I learned from Tony Robbins is that there's really only two reasons if you boil it down. There's only two reasons anybody does anything. It's number one, to either avoid pain, or it's number two, to gain pleasure. So if you know that, you can actually use that to your advantage. So when I'm coaching somebody, I jump on a a coaching call with them for the first time, I take them through a process to help them get committed, or I ask them a series of questions on both sides, the pain and the pleasure. So just to give a few examples, um, something that you could do if you're listening to this right now would be to ask yourself, if you have your goals set out, and this is again why you want to start with clarity so you know what your goals are, once you have your goals, if you ask yourself, okay, on the pleasure side, one year from now, if you crush all those goals, what's your life going to look like? What's it going to feel like? You know, How's that going to impact not just you, but it also gives you greater leverage if you think about the impact on other people, especially other people that you care about. So how would that impact your spouse or your kids or the other people that you care about and love, right? How would it impact the world at large potentially if you go out there and crush those goals? So that's on the positive side, which is good, but people actually do far more to avoid pain than, than they will to gain pleasure. So it's actually very valuable to, to dig into this as well. And typically I don't like going on the negative, right? I like to be positive, but in this case, it's really valuable to do this and it can be very uncomfortable, but the more you lean into this, the more leverage you're going to give yourself and the more committed you're going to be. So you basically ask the opposite a year from now, if you don't make any progress whatsoever towards these goals, what's your life going to look like? You know, what's that going to feel like, you know, and how's that going to affect your wife or your kids or the world at large? And so the more you dig into those, the more leverage you're going to give yourself. But that's really, really powerful. I have time and time again, when somebody gets done with an initial coaching call with me, they tell me that that was the most powerful part. And the more you dig in again, the more powerful it's going to be. So second part of commitment is accountability. Look, to me, accountability is the missing bridge between information and application. How many of you out there have heard something you're like, man, that is really great information, but you never did anything with it? right? I'm raising my hand right now because I do that all the time. We all do, right? But having accountability is going to help you go to that next level. And the other thing I would say is, you know, any accountability is better than none. But if you're trying to rely on your wife or your best friend or something like that as your accountability partner, it's only going to take you so far because there's going to be certain things that they're not going to want to bring up with you. They're not going to want to call you out on things because They want to be your friend still, right? So having some type of professional accountability, whether that's a one-on-one coach or you're part of some type of high-level mastermind or something, group coaching is really, really valuable because again, it's just going to help you maximize your potential. And then the third part of commitment is focus. So what you focus on on a daily basis, it's either going to make you more committed to your goals or less committed, just plain and simple. And so For me, obviously, there's lots of things you could focus on that would make you more committed. But for me, to keep it simple, there's three things I focus on. Number one is my vision board. It's literally right behind my computer right here. And so I just have, I think I have nine different images on it. And I just have either one word or one phrase below it that gets me excited to go after my goals and my vision. And so obviously, that's going to be different for everybody. But what I would say is just don't overcomplicate it. The best vision board is going to be the one that you actually have up and that you look at. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, Second part of that, second thing I focus on is my vision. So I created something that I call my ultimate vision for my life. And I break my life into different parts. So I have health, I have my marriage, 
I have, you know, spiritually, I have my business, all these different areas, right? And I basically wrote a mini vision for each one of those areas. And then I have it all together in a couple pages. And I used to read through it every day. But what I've done now is actually recorded an audio version of me doing it when I'm excited, when I'm passionate. Because how many of you know that you don't always wake up in the morning feeling motivated? And sometimes I'd find myself reading through it and just kind of like, in a monotone voice and like just to check the box, right? So I can just flip that on and boom, I'm excited. I'm passionate as I listen to it uh, and that helps me. So that's the second part. And then the third part is something I created called power questions. So it's a series of six questions. I ask myself every morning, only takes me probably three to five minutes, but it really, uh, it's kind of the best of everything I've learned because I've done lots of different morning routines. Like I said, I've had lots of coaches and I've learned all this stuff. So I put it together in what works for me and also what's something that's simple that I can actually do every single day. So those six questions um, and those three pieces are what I focus on every day to help me be more committed to my goals. So that was a mouthful, but that's commitment, which is step number two. You were committed to it. (laughs) So you did awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so step number three, so these last few steps are not going to be as long as step two, uh, but step number three. We're in good shape, man. We're in good shape. Keep going. Awesome. Awesome. So step number three is coaching. So I look at coaching and I divide it kind of into two pieces. So active versus passive. So to me, passive coaching would be something like reading a book or it could be listening to this podcast or it could be you know watching a YouTube video or something like that, right? Some kind of training or course, but it's something you're doing on your own, right? You read a book, the book can't talk back to you, right? So it's passive, but it's still good and you can get coaching from that and you can implement that and it, it can be great, right? But I also think you need active coaching, which is more of what people would think of, right? Having a one-on-one coach or group coaching again or being part of some type of mastermind that's active because you get feedback back and forth. And what I've found is that the higher your goals are, the bigger your vision for your life, the higher level of coaching you need if you're going to achieve them. So if you tell me, hey, Ryan, I want to make a million dollars and your plan for coaching is I'm going to read this book, I'll tell you, well, that's great. That's a great start, but it's not going to happen, right? You're going to need a higher level of coaching if you want to achieve that. And so that's coaching to me in a nutshell. There's a great quote by uh, Tom Landry on coaching. I don't have it here in front of me, but basically what he says is that you're not going to maximize your potential without a coach and a coach is going to pull the best out of you. And that to me is what coaching is in a nutshell. It's having a coach is like being able to take a shortcut, right? So if you think about like using this analogy, if you think about your goals as a journey from Los Angeles to New York city, that's a long ways, right? Trying to do it on your own is kind of like trying to walk there. Can you do it? Yes, you can. It's going to take a long time. And assuming you go the correct way the entire time and you walk 12 hours a day, it takes you about 76 days to get there. So yes, you can do it. But I like to look at coaching as jumping on a private plane and getting there in four hours. So to me, hiring a coach is just all about getting there quicker, easier, and safer. And so Mm -hmm. that to me is coaching. Yep. That's coaching. And then step number four is courageous action. So here's the thing. The first three steps are really good. It's like the foundation, but if you don't take action, nothing's going to change. Right. And again, the bigger goals that you have, the the bigger your vision, the more courageous action you're going to have to take. And the reason I call it courageous action, other than the fact it starts with C is that yeah. 
um, is that you're going to be, be required to take courageous action if you want to actually achieve something meaningful. And that means it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to want to do it. If it was easy or you wanted to do it, it wouldn't be courageous, right? And by the way, courage or courageous, uh, courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid. It means you're afraid, but you do it anyway. And so the thing is that it's kind of like a muscle. So when you take courageous action once, the first time is always the hardest, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's like training your muscles, right? And so same thing there, but it's really, really important. And what I've found is that if you're in a place right now where you're like, okay, Ryan, I know there's this courageous action in front of me. I know this is what I should be doing next, but I can't get myself to do it or I can't get myself to do it consistently, right? And the thing is, if you only do the courageous action when it's convenient or when you feel like it, then you're never going to actually hit your goals. So what I have found from coaching hundreds of people is that typically if you're in that place where you're, you're feel like you're at the edge of the cliff and you have to jump and take that courageous action, but you don't want to, or you can't get yourself to go back to steps one through three that I just went through. Cause I virtually guarantee there's something missing from there. Either you're not clear enough on what it is that you want, mm-hmm. you're not committed enough, or you don't have a high enough level of coaching to get you there. So when you have those three things in place, it becomes a whole lot easier to take courageous action. But at the end of the day, you still ultimately are the one that has to actually do it. So even if you have a coach and you're clear and you're committed, ultimately it comes down to you doing it. Um, And then finally, step number five is course correction. And this is vitally important as well. I think this can actually be the hardest step sometimes for people. And it's because of their expectations. It's because they're like, okay, Ryan, I followed steps one through four. I'm clear. I'm committed. I've got the coaching. I'm taking the courageous action, but it's still not working out. You know, I did all that. I tried it. I didn't get the result I wanted. So, and then again, going back to what I said earlier, you start asking yourself bad questions and you get bad answers, right? Like, well, what's wrong with me? You know? James did it, it worked for him. Ryan did it, it worked for him. I did it and it didn't work. So common denominator is me. So it must be something wrong with me. And that's where I see a lot of people get really frustrated and they end up quitting and they're so close because you just have to realize that the first time you try anything, it's not going to work out the way you want. It's just not. If you look back at your life, first time you tried to tie your shoes, I guarantee you didn't just tie them the first time. First time you tried to ride a bike, all these things, right? And so the thing is, especially as we get older, we don't like trying things and not having it work out because we don't want to look bad, right? We don't want to appear like we failed, especially to other people or if it's public, right? But I love using the analogy of a baby learning to walk because, right, they don't just stand up and start walking around. They stand up, they fall down. They stand up, they fall down over and over and over again. But eventually they stand up and they take a half a step and then one step and two steps and then they're walking. But why is that? It's because their parents didn't say after the first 10 times that they fell down, oh my gosh, look at my kid. Look, they tried 10 times. They fell down every time. This is ridiculous. This is embarrassing. You know what? I'm just going to have them stop trying. They're just not going to be a walker, right? Nobody says that. And that's why pretty much everybody walks, right? Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, as long as you continue going and you continue course correcting, right? And it's what your podcast is all about. It's perseverance. And that's where the perseverance comes in because it's not going to work out the first time you do it, probably not the first couple times, but you just have to realize that every time you try and fail, 
you're actually winning an experience. And the more experience you get, the closer you are to actually achieving the outcome that you want. And so that's my five-step framework. And really, you can use it to break through in any area of your life. Well, and when we uh, fail, we also are learning learning from the experience as well to uh, build on to to find out what's not working so we can get something working. Hey, uh, two things that, bring, that brings to me off the top of my head is we talked about coaching and finding the right coach and everything like that to help you. Um, it, it goes to me, uh, uh, I know I didn't make this up. I'm sure I heard it somewhere or read it somewhere, but I don't know who to give credit to, but it's you can't win the Kentucky Kentucky Derby riding a mule. So you got to get the right right coach with the right horse to be able to play the game correctly, okay? And then the other thing is uh, you talk about the uh, last thing being the hardest with the course correction. Uh, I personally think, and, you know, we're all different, but I would think that the taking action would be the hardest thing because, again, you can do everything up there, but if you don't take the first step towards trying to, there's too many people that are afraid to fail, right? But can you believe this? There are too many people that are afraid of success because they've never been there. I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. How would I live after? What would people think of me after that? You know, we're so used to being in that boat. We don't want to rock it. And we don't want the environment around us to think different of us. If we were to be, if he thinks he's better than me because he's done something. So it, it just amazes me that some people are afraid of winning. Yeah. I mean, great points that you, you made there. And I've never heard that, that uh, quote that you said about, you can't win the Kentucky Derby on a mule. Maybe it was <laughs> me who said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure awesome. I got it somewhere, but tough. I can't remember where, but yeah. yeah that, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I love that. And yeah, great points that you made. And yeah, I said, that it can be course correction can be the hardest part. But the honest truth is that most people never get to that point because like you said, they don't actually end up taking the action yeah, um, so yeah, they never okay. even get to that point. But if they do get to that point or they've done, they've taken the action in the past, maybe even in some other area of their life and it didn't work out, then they really don't want to do it because they're like, man, I tried it before. It didn't work. I'm not doing that again. Cause that was embarrassing. And this person yeah. saw me and what did they think? And blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I think, that really goes back to the the first two steps in particular, because again, most people gloss over that. But when you really nail that down, that's the foundation. You're better you're prepared with the yes. first two. Yes. When you're clear and you're committed, you don't care what people think. Because when you get leverage on yourself to the point where uh, you're like, man, okay, the pain of doing this and looking stupid is maybe at this level. But if you've gone through and got leverage on yourself to where you're like, and the pain of not doing this is this high because it's going to affect not just me, my wife, my kids, this, that, mm-hmm. the other. So that's why the the clarity on what you want, but then also the commitment piece. And in particular, getting leverage on yourself, you get enough leverage on yourself, you can get yourself to do anything. But the problem is most people don't even understand that process and they don't have the leverage. They just kind of know what they want and they go after it. It doesn't work. And then they're like, oh, I don't want to fail again. So I'm not doing that again. Uh, Comprende. And uh going to tell you, I've been there before and just got to finally just take that leap of faith like you were talking earlier. So Ryan Horn, 
Thank you for coming and sharing. We've been at this 35 plus minutes now, man. It time flew by with your uh, five steps and we appreciate the five C's that you shared with us and anyone else. I would encourage you to share these five C's with someone else. You think that uh, needs this. All right, uh, Ryan. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Hey, go and give us some of your, uh, your website, uh, social, social media, how people can get you if they want to look for you for uh, coaching. Absolutely. So best place to go would be my website, which is coachryanhorn.com. So there's links to everything I do there. Like I mentioned, I host a podcast, The Extraordinary Man Podcast. I have a free Facebook group. Uh, so if you're a man that owns a business or wants to own a business, feel free to join that. And then you can also apply for a free 60-minute breakthrough coaching call with me. Um, and I would love, you know, if you're a good fit, which I only coach men. My wife coaches women. So if you reach out to me, I might be able to hook you up with a, a call with my wife. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to give your audience, if you're one of the first five people to reach out and mention this podcast, I'd love to give you a free 60-minute coaching call. All right. Awesome. And by doing that, go ahead and tell them Professor of Perseverance is where you found it or heard. And so he'll know for that five uh, coming in. So, all yep. right, uh, Ryan. And uh, hey, appreciate it again. And go ahead and... Uh, Leave us with a positive quote, a positive uh, message. Uh, we know there are people that are hurting and struggling today. And if you can give them something they can hold on that to get them through today, that'd be a blessing, man. Absolutely. So what I would say is that failure is not final, right? And the only way to really fail is to actually just quit. So failure to me, the way that I look at it and the way that it will help you if you look at it this way is that it's really actually just a necessary stepping stone towards your success. Amen. And that is true in, in all parts of life. You know, we're going to, it, it, life would be too easy and too boring if it all come, it, well, I wouldn't say easy, but it would be boring if it's all too easy. And right. so to keep a little hype into us, you know, we got that little uh, confusion with us and uh, it helps us, uh, again, go forward in life. So. All right, Ryan, thank you again. And we'll put all your links and stuff, other social media I'll find. We'll put it in the show notes for people to hunt you down and go from there. All right, thank you, everybody. Be sure to share this out for someone you know that uh, could use some inspiration, some, whether, again, he said, uh, for your entrepreneurship or just uh, regular life uh, to help uh, get a better control. So, all right, thank you, Ryan. And for everybody else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis thanks for listening to the professor of perseverance podcast for motivation inspiration and encouragement for more information go to facebook at professor of perseverance visit the website at professor of and view the youtube channel dr james purdue professor of perseverance